0: Reading from the Gospel according to Mark chapter 6, beginning with the 14th verse. King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. Some said, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said, he is Elijah. And others said, He is a prophet like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, It's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death. But she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came when Herod on his birthday gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, ask me whatever you wish and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. And she went out and said to her mother, For what should I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and asked, Saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorry. But because of his oaths and his guest, He did not want to break his word to her. And immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The Word of God for us The people of God. Thanks be to God. So what is it that Herod had heard of? That opening part of this text was carried when King Herod heard of it. Well, if you look at the verse previous, what he had heard is about Jesus' disciples going out. And this is what it said. They went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil, many who were sick and healed them. It called people to repent. You might remember that in Mark's Gospel and really all of the Gospels that mention John the Baptist, his main message is repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's the same message that Jesus picked up. The announcement that John the Baptist was making is that God's kingdom has come. And when Jesus picked up that mantra, Jesus' point that He was the kingdom That was Jesus' point. And so before Herod and before really everybody who's ever heard the Jesus story, there comes a question that there are before us two kingdoms but just one choice. And ultimately in everything that we do, we make the decision of whether we will serve the kingdoms of this world as Herod was like to do or we will serve the kingdom of our Christ. And everything that comes up, that choice is before us. In every ethical situation we might face, that choice is before us. You know, it's been said that bad choices make better stories. Have y'all ever heard that? It's true. It's true. I kind of got nervous one time when I was in college when I realized that most of the stories my friends were telling me was started with one night we were so drunk back." Bad choices, we're told often make better stories, but I'm kind of convinced that's not true. I'm kind of convinced that the choice to follow Jesus creates the best story. That's ever been told and can ever be told about how Christ continues to live in the church and the world and how he continues to become famous, like we talked about with the kids, because his people go out and serve the poor and the hurting and the loveless. But we all make choices all the time. Even when you get on an airplane, a flight attendant might come by and say to you, Would you like dinner? And you might say, "What are my choices?" And she might say, "Yes or no," right? <laughs> sometimes you get chicken, or but most of the time they just want to know if you want it or not. But we have those choices in Sunday school. We were just lamenting the spousal decision about where to eat, the choice that that entails, and the permanence of it that comes across. Sometimes is that we're going to go eat here, and we'll never ever be able to eat another place. This is where we'll eat forever, and what will we do? And you know, I've seen people fight over where they were going to eat. Y'all ever seen that? Choices. There was a department head that was being interviewed one time by somebody about his successes and they asked, what's the secret of your business success? What is it that has set you apart? And he said, two words. And the person said, well, what are they? And he said, right decisions. Right decisions. You could hear that as right choices. And they say, well, how do you know what the right choice to make is? How do you know what is the right decision? And he said, experience. And the person said, well, how do I get experience? And the successful business person said, by making mistakes. Sometimes we learn the burden of choosing the wrong kingdom. We learn the burden of the death it brings in this world because we've chosen the wrong kingdom at some point. We've given ourselves to something that's allegiance is not to God or it doesn't promote our allegiance to God. And we find ourselves hurt by that. And we learn the difference between choosing to serve the kingdom of Christ or choosing to serve the kingdoms of this world. And one of the things that seems to be unanimously true about the kingdoms of this world is they tend to be built on the backs of the poor and the hurting. They tend to be built on the backs of other people's suffering. They tend to be built on the shedding of other people's blood. But the kingdom of Christ is built on His suffering for us. The kingdom of Christ is built on His shed blood and on His love for us today and tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that, somehow we will be invited to make the choice. Will we serve the kingdoms of this world through our decisions and our choices or will we serve the kingdom of Christ? Will we serve the kingdom of God, a kingdom of love, of hope and of joy, a kingdom of justice and mercy and humility? That choice is always before us. But you know what? It's awfully hard to feed our egos serving the kingdom of Christ. It's hard to become really important serving Christ. It's hard to become the big person on the block serving Christ. It's hard to become famous serving Christ. Because over and over as we serve Christ, we will be invited to make unpopular decisions and unpopular choices. Herod was not king. He was a tetrarch. I think Mark calls him king to kind of rub salt in his wound a little bit. Because when Herod asked Rome to make him king, they exiled him. His wife put him up to that. But here he is having his birthday party. He's got everybody coming over. All the important people from the area he rules are there. And he's like big man on campus, right? Sitting around drinking with his buddies, having a good time, talking it up. He has his kid, his stepdaughter come in and she dances for him and everybody loves it. And to show his power, to show his awesomeness, to show how great he is, how awesome he is, he tells her, ask me for anything and I'll give you whatever you want. And just then, right in that moment, he's chosen not to serve God, not to serve the dignity of His people, not to serve justice. Remember, he has a man in jail because he's told him something he's doing is wrong, and it's wrong. (laughs) You can't get any less just than that, right? And instead of doing the right thing, He decides it's more important for him to look important. It's more important for him to preserve his dignity and at the cost of another life, of an innocent life. And we're told he was grieved by what she asked for. But he wasn't grieved enough not to do it, was he? It was more important to him that he keep face with people who likely wouldn't have given him time of day anyway. And we might hold that up and say, oh, no, 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 preacher, we would never do that. But we do it all the time when we hide our views, when we hide our faith because we don't want people to look down on us or, God forbid, call us some kind of Jesus freak. We do it all the time. Every day before us is a choice of some kind about some behavior, some thought pattern, something we might do that might make us happy temporarily. It might make us think we're important. But it may not serve the kingdom of Christ. The book of judges if you've ever read that you know it's a story about how God gave certain people and were set up to di- differentiate between folks to kind of discern what the right thing to do about a problem they had was. And the very last verse of the book of judges kind of tells where where, where they were headed how Herod comes about. It says, "In those days there was no king of Israel and all the people did was right in their own eyes." That's the kingdom of the world. The kingdom of the world says that you are king or you are queen. You get to choose. You get to do whatever you want to. And the bottom line rests with you. You can make whatever choice you want. And as long as you don't trample over somebody else's rights, we say, it's okay. But truthfully, what we really say is as long as it doesn't harm the economy, you're okay. Because as long as the economy is good, we don't really care about people's rights. That's always in front of us. That people just want to do whatever seems right to them. And, you know, the nation eventually felt bad about that. They felt convicted. And last week, when our, when our children were here and we were talking about what they did at Salkahatchee, I read from the prophet Micah and reminded us that the nation came to the point where they were at a time of repentance and to say, Lord, we see, we've not done what we were supposed to do. We've chosen to live for the kingdoms of this world. What can we do? What can we give you? What can we offer? And Micah told them this, He has shown you people what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God walk in humility and you know what this story that's here for us gives us a mental depiction it gives you an illustration it gives you a perfect glance at what not living out Micah 6 8 looks like it looks like elevating your needs your need for fame Your need for other people's affection. Your need for other people's affirmation. Your need for other people's attention above someone else. I hear stories all the time about people working in offices together where there's always somebody who throws people under the bus to get ahead. This is not some story that just makes sense way back then. It makes sense now. There's a Herod in everybody's life and they're sitting out there and they're running roughshod over everybody and they don't care who they hurt as long as their bank account grows and their image grows and they're more and more important. And we can choose to be one of those people. It's in your power. You can choose to be a ruthless, free agent that seeks to serve yourself and nothing more. You can choose to be a person that seeks to do whatever makes you happy no matter what the cost or who it might damn to violence. You can do that, but you will not be aligned with the kingdom of Christ. You will not be serving Jesus. Because Jesus came and showed us exactly what it looks like to do justice, to live justice. He showed us exactly what it looks like to love mercy. And He showed us exactly what it looks like to live humbly with God. This story is given us so we can know that if we choose the kingdom of Christ, it might not be all happiness for us. It might not be gumdrops and sassafras. There might be hurt for us because of our choice. To weigh carefully and think certainly about what we want. Are we so in love with the world's attention and affirmation that we will surrender our allegiance to Christ? Or will we be loyal to Christ no matter what it costs us? Because Jesus is going to face the same thing that John the Baptist faces. When he's brought to, to Pontius Pilate and Pontius, Pilate, Pontius Pilate's about to let him go, the people cry out, if you don't kill him, you are no friend of Caesar's. And he finds himself in the same place as Herod. And it's the same place we find ourselves all the time. If you keep hold of him, you can't be part of us. So the world fires back at Christians. Christians. And because we want to see children have food, they call us socialists. Because we want to see people have dignity, they call us weak. Because we don't want people killing each other willy-nilly, they say we're not patriotic. So what? Christ has called us to love justice, to love mercy, to be humble, To serve others. To be Mother Teresa's in a world filled with people who ain't. There's always two choices. Two kingdoms in front of us. But we really just get one choice. And it's a choice we make daily. Are we going to follow Jesus or not? Are we going to live for God or not? Does what Christ has done for us matter enough to us to allow it to color our lives? That's the choice we have. My prayer is that you'll say yes. That Jesus' death for me, His resurrection for me, that Jesus' love for me is enough to compel me To love others. It's enough to compel me to not be greater than I really am at the expense of others. I kind of feel pity for Herod, don't you? He put himself in a bad situation. And we could excuse that, I guess, but the truth of the matter is he chose fame and importance over the life of an innocent person. And if you don't think that's happening every day in our country, in our world, in our community, you're not paying attention. There are two kingdoms in front of us. The kingdom of the world and the kingdom of Christ. My hope for you, dear ones, is that you will choose to serve the kingdom of Christ and that your first allegiance will be to Him. And that that question that you answered at the beginning of worship Are you still in love with Jesus that your yes is an affirmation of what's really in your heart? Because this world can't offer you anything better than loving Christ. This world can't offer you anything better than loving the poor and the hurting. Loving your neighbor, loving the rich, loving the beautiful and the ugly. This world can't offer you anything better than what Christ has called you to to love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Herod forgot that. You might remember in Deuteronomy 30, when Moses is about to send the children of Israel across the river, he gave them this big long speech. Any of y'all ever read it? It's not boring. You should read it, I promise. It's pretty good. But in the end of it, He says, I set before you a choice. I set before you two options, basically. He says, life or death. And He said to them, choose life. That's the choice that's before us. A kingdom of death that serves itself makes us important for 70 years and then we flee away like burning grass. Or a kingdom of life that lifts up Christ as the center of all. Choose carefully. Choose wisely. Choose Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. One of the ways that this life that we're called to is talked about very often is a dance. And so we'll sing together the hymn, Lord of the Dance, number 261.